Hey friends, welcome to episode three of Women Teaching Women podcast. I'm Hannah Shanks, and I cannot wait for you to hear from my friend Lucy Walsh in today's episode. You guys, God is doing a really cool thing in this podcast. I feel like I'm just along for the ride and seeing him work and the people that he's bringing along and all of the different places that the women who are coming on to boldly share their testimonies and share their stories with us. I'm seeing themes come together. I'm seeing similarities, and I just think it's really, really cool. Lucy has an awesome story today that I know is going to encourage you. She is a Christian life coach and she has some really great things to share. If you'd like to be a guest on the Women Teaching Women podcast, I'm going to direct you to go to the website hannabshanks.com. You can click on podcast on the top menu bar and then fill out our guest form that I'll ask you a few quick questions and then I will be in touch to set up your episode. I would love to interview you and hear your story. All right. Let's jump in and hear from Lucy today. All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode three of Women Teaching Women. I'm Hannah Shanks, and I'm so excited to introduce my friend Lucy Walsh to you. Lucy is a friend that I have never met in real life, but we have been Instagram buddies for the last several months. I found her, fell in love with her content. She shares all kinds of great mindset and um, spiritual application tips and content on her Instagram. She's a a great follow. She's really fun. And I think you guys are going to love her story today. I asked her to come on because I knew that she was a believer and I knew that she has been on a journey over the last few years through some of the things that she has shared. And I just wanted you to hear her story. Um, The more that I have heard from it, the more inspired I have been. And so I'm really excited for Lucy to share with us. So Lucy, tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and where you're from and all of that. And we'll get going. Hi. So yes, I am Lucy Walsh and I currently live in North Carolina. I am a military spouse. So we've moved all around, but as of right now, we are in um, Eastern North Carolina. I have three children and my oldest is my bonus daughter. And yeah, we are just enjoying beach life and so fun. Yeah, it's, it's great. We love it. So I am a faith-based life coach, which is where my Instagram, you know, my public page is from. And I've really enjoyed being able to show up and share my story and share my relationship with God. And I'm so excited to be able to talk about how he's worked through my life, especially in the last like year and a half. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and saying yes. I always feel so honored when people say, yeah, I'll come on and and share my story. So, okay. So tell us a little bit about how you came to put your faith in Christ. What was life like before that? And then kind of what was that story and how did that look for you? Yeah. So I actually grew up like always believing in God, like having faith and not really realizing that the God that I knew was very different than what I would learn. So I grew up with a lot of like fear-based beliefs around God. And I always wanted to have God a part of my life. And I always believed that there was a God. However, I got to this point with raising children where I knew that the way I viewed God in such like a fearful way just didn't feel right passing on to my kids. And so it really got me searching for you know, what else is available and how can I teach my kids about God without them having the pain of, you know, scruples and anxiety and fear around like being good enough and, you know, always fearing God in a way that you just never really feel like you know him. Mm -hmm. So that's what, um, on this like journey of, you know, searching and trying to figure out like, okay, who is God? 
and what else is available. Mm -hmm. Do you remember a moment where you felt was like a breaking point for you where you thought, I don't, I don't think I believe that God is this way anymore. I don't want to be this, this fearful. Or do you remember anything like that? I was at a place where I was like, okay, I want to believe in God, but there was almost so much pain associated with it that it almost felt easier to just like disconnect from it. Hmm. And I was reading this book called I'm That Girl by Serene and Pearl, the trim healthy mm-hmm. if you haven't heard of them, they, yeah, um, them. yeah, two sisters who wrote a book and reading this book, they quote so many scriptures and they were, t- were talking about God in such a loving and sweet and hmm. merciful way. And scriptures I had never heard before. Like I grew up with faith, but I didn't grow up reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. Like I knew the story, but I didn't really know those details. And so reading through those scriptures, like it was the first time I felt this hope Mm -hmm. of maybe there's more to this God than, than what I was taught. And so Mm -hmm. that really started me out on this journey of really seeking who God was And I just couldn't get enough of it. Like I couldn't absorb enough. And I just remember praying, God, don't let this slip away. This feels so like I have so much hope that I didn't have before. I just kind of felt like God is a scary person who is out to punish you and reading in a whole different light, what he's done for us and Mm -hmm. uh, the hope that came from Jesus coming and dying for our sins and how loving and merciful he is. It just, I couldn't get enough of that story. And so that's kind of what pivoted my faith and really started me pursuing a relationship with God. After you came to, I guess, a different way of approaching God, did that change the way that you thought about life? What did that look like as you kind of embraced that change in your mind of, oh, believing and serving God looks totally different than I thought? Yeah. So I actually, after I read the book, just kept praying that verse, like seeking you shall find, knocking the door shall be open. So I just kept praying, God, show me who you are, provide resources that I can learn more about you. And I was invited to do this mom fog challenge, which sounded okay. I was struggling with postpartum depression and anxiety at the time. And I was looking for just strategies in mom life to show up and be a better mm-hmm. mom. And Hannah Keeley does the mom fog challenge and she does a lot of faith-based stuff. So throughout the entire challenge, she just kept talking about God, talking about getting in the word, reading, and the way she talked about him in such a loving paternal way, like our loving father, he's our model. Like we get to be a parent, like he is loving. Mm-hmm. And it's not about our children showing up and being worthy by what they by the works that they do Mm -hmm. you know love is very different than what I was taught and so it definitely changed the course of my entire life like everything was going through a different filter and instead of this living in this fear and anxiety Mm -hmm. of doing everything perfect or doing everything right like it just allowed space for freedom Mm -hmm. and for love without there being a consequence that if things weren't going the right way, that it had to mean something serious. Yeah. yeah. Parenting is such a good lesson about what the love of a good father is, you know, because our babies, we just love them so wholeheartedly and they honestly can't do anything to please us. We love them, but it's not behavior based by any means. They can't really do anything. They need yeah. us completely, you know, and we're, 
we're so in love with them that we're happy to meet their needs and provide for them, even though they can't literally can't give us anything back. You know, all they do is cry. <laughs> yes. you know? And like the snuggles are nice or whatever. But honestly, as far as what they try to do, all they do is demand, right? And and so there's nothing that they can honestly do to try to please us or make us happy. And that's yeah. such an interesting picture if you look at that of like that's how it is with us. We can't, there's nothing we can do to earn more of God's love because we already have it completely, you know, and approaching him as there's nothing actually that I can do that would make him love me more or less because he's already demonstrated that on the cross and what Jesus sacrificed. So that's an interesting life lesson picture, I guess, of of what God's love is really like, because like you said, we are taught to approach it in very works-based. Like I need to do all of these good things and be a good enough person in order to please God or make him love me or get in his good graces. And and there's really not, the Bible says our righteousness is as if it's filthy rags. You know, our very best that we offer him is still worthless, but he loves us anyway. I feel like our work's righteous. If we get caught up in that, like it literally is just about us. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't have anything to do with him. It's just- Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how were you introduced to the study of God's word and how has that impacted your story? Yeah. So it actually wasn't that long ago. It was September of 2022. Okay. And I was doing right after the mom fog challenge, I got into um, mom master university and it was this community of women who were faith-based working on, you know, the relationship with God, family, their home, like all that kind of stuff, like everything that mom life would entail. Mm-hmm. And she always is quoting scriptures and always talking about the importance of like spending time in the word, like starting your day off right and all of that. So I was like, I, I got to get my hands on a Bible. So I bought my very first Bible and was kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm 29. I should have had a Bible by now, but you know <laughs> what? You're never too like, yeah, that's so right. I just, I always had this belief that like the Bible was going to be boring over my head, not easy to understand. And I would never be able to memorize things. And I had this idea of what it was to read the Bible, but I got it. And I knew that like, I just wanted to start with the new Testament because Mm -hmm. a lot of what I was taught was very old Testament, a lot of fear and stories from the old Testament that I can look at now and see how it pointed to needing a savior, but Mm -hmm. it was used as a way to fear God more. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the new Testament. And I just started reading and like falling in love with this whole story and everything that's available to us and reading it through just different eyes. I know the story of Jesus coming, just being able to sit and read intentionally and spend time reading it just was filling my soul. Like it was feeding that intimacy that I was desiring. It's cool to me to hear how God intentionally placed people in your life who were believers who were walking with him and and studying their bible and understood that peace like intimacy with the father and the relationship that you want with god it comes through studying the word yeah and that you had not been a part of any anyone teaching you that right like nobody had told you that you could have access to that nobody had taught you how to study the bible or how to have a quiet time or anything and god allowed people into your life who had some influence over you, you know, you found a challenge group. So you kind of found yourself in a community and that leader was sharing about reading the Bible and that inspired you. And the book by Serene and Pearl, um, which I love them. I love that you know them because I've followed them for years, but just like hearing how they talked about God. So like piece by piece, he orchestrated people that you, you probably wouldn't have, like, they definitely weren't from how you grew up, right? They were different 
voices than what you had been accustomed to. And he allowed you little drips of, okay, now I'm going to send her this book that's like different than how she's ever thought. And then I'm going to send her this challenge group with somebody who's going to share God's word with her in an easy and accessible way. And then was it the course that you purchased or like a community that you were a part of? It was like a membership community that I'm a part of. And they're all like moms working together to like, Mm -hmm. we know the power of the next generation is in our hands. Yeah. Okay, cool. Such an empowering group and everybody loves God and the the way they talk about God and the evidence, I think too, like my brain saw all this evidence of the fruit of what they were doing. Like they were getting the their life that was different. They weren't depressed. They weren't anxious. They weren't just talking about poverty as their identity. There were so many things that were just so uplifting and inspiring Mm -hmm. and talking about, we are meant to be a blessing to other people. So many things that I never thought of that way. I kind of just thought like life's hard and then you die, you know, (laughs) everything's just hard or everyone deals with anxiety now. And then just people talk differently and the evidence of their beliefs were showing up in a way that was so attractive to me. And that also kind of helped me to realize when I'm looking to people, they're still just resources. They're not God. I don't need to become dependent on them as my source source. and looking to people who have the fruit of what I'm desiring. That can be a way to be led versus just believing anybody. Yeah. So that was an important thing for me to kind of learn like, okay, look for the evidence, the fruit of, does it match what they're speaking of? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's definitely evidence that the Holy Spirit was working because you were prompted not to say, how can I get more of this person's content in my mind, but how can I get a Bible, right? How can I move towards God instead of just, I want to become like this girl that's on the internet, helping me become a better mom. And honestly, that can be tempting sometimes, right? We can be really tempted to say, I really like this content creator's content. I like the way she talks. I like the way she looks. I like the way she, you know portrays her life or whatever. And then we just desire more of her and more of what she has to say until we become basically like a groupie who just says, well, let me go see what she thinks. And then it's probably what I think. And instead we really need to test those thoughts of ours because it should be prompting us to see God, right? Like if what we find in her faith is attractive, then we need to seek the same God she seeks, not try to be her, right? We We don't need to emulate our life after her, But we do need to emulate the seeking of the Lord. So that's a good encouragement for all of the moms who are in some way in social media, because sometimes being a consumer is hard on our brains, you know, where where we, we consume too much. And then we start thinking we have to keep up with whoever we enjoy following, you know, and it becomes this comparison game of, well, she said this and she's into that. I need to be more like her because she seems to be a really good Christian. And instead understanding like God has a unique path and purpose for each of us. And if we seek the same God, he'll work in our lives in the way that we need him to, but we're never going to become the influencer. We are our own individual person. (laughs) Yes. And like God's going to work through us in our own unique way. Funny that you mentioned that because there was a couple of times where I almost felt like maybe a slight dependence and God being like, no, 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 like I'm your God. I'm the source. And me being like, okay, because growing up with a more religious background, there was almost for me, this dependence on approval from somebody Mm -hmm. or, you know, if they had their blessing on it or their guidance, then it felt like it was right. But it's very empowering to know God speaks to you. And yeah. like you are inspired for your life and you don't need somebody else to facilitate that relationship. 
Mm -hmm. don't need someone telling you God wants you to do this. Yeah, that's right. He, he will let you know, like it comes from him to you. Like there's no divide between us and him. I just find it fascinating that like you brought that up because I do see how there's that temptation to kind of get into adoring the human. Yeah. That you like what they're putting out there and it's all good. And they're not wanting you to adore them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, not always. Yeah. From my experience in just seeing how people get propped up on pedestals and kind of treated as if they're the mouthpiece for God when it's not necessarily that way is that it seems that God always has a way of reminding us that they're just human too. And they disappoint the people who become obsessed with them, you know, and that's as much a lesson for them as it is for us who become the ones who are tempted to become like use them as idols, right. And see them as idols because we will find that they disappoint us and God will remind us. He will find some way to remind us that they are not God. He is right. And we, we misplaced our affection for a speaker or a writer or an influencer when we should have been seeking him instead of seeking them, you know? So I feel like he's faithful in doing that, but sometimes it's a painful lesson. (laughs) So what other hurdles or perceived hurdles maybe did you have when you were kind of trying to cultivate a, a rhythm or a habit of studying your Bible? Yeah. So at first I think I felt like that idea of, oh, I'm behind. So I want to try and read it front to back as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. And I kind of got into that needing to check boxes, like every morning I need to be reading and I want to read at least this amount of pages or for this amount of time. And I quickly learned <laughs> that <laughs> that was just about me and what I would, yeah. what would make me feel good. And then just also feeling like, okay, it's not about comparing what other people are getting from mm-hmm. word either. Like if somebody's talking about a verse that really changed their life and you're like, wait, I wrote, read that verse, but I didn't get that. Like, it's so intimate and personal to each person. And I think anybody who's read the Bible will say like, oh, I've read this verse 27 times. And on that 27th time, like it landed mm-hmm. differently for me. Mm-hmm. Right? So like, even we can have a different experience. So I would say giving myself grace to pursue this in a way that I meant to versus how I thought I needed to. Mm, Yeah, that's really good. That's a good encouragement. Honestly, no matter how long you've walked with the Lord, I feel like the, the temptation to feel like I'm not doing it enough. I'm not doing it good enough. I'm behind. I haven't done what I should. All of those thoughts are thrown at us. And I think it may be just because our flesh wants to be prideful. You know, we, we just want to be the best, right? It's like a checkbox mentality too, right? And especially, you know, coming from, from your background and if anyone has come from a more legalistic background where it's very much you do X, Y, Z things and you need to do them perfectly or in order to please God or or to feel like God is pleased with you, it's packaged a bunch of different ways, but it can easily seep into even seeking God, right? And it's, it's a pure motivation, but then our our bad motivation sneak in, you know, if I didn't get all four chapters read today, then I didn't do enough. Or if I didn't finish that plan or I didn't finish the journal, you know, there's like countless journals that I've purchased and not finished. I can even heap guilt on myself over that. If I was a better follower of the Lord, I would have been motivated to finish that prayer journal. And look, here I am. It's like empty and it's five years later. And so just really combating those lies. Have you found anything that's helpful for just combating that feeling of just the I'm behind, I'm not doing enough, I'm not doing this right. Has there been anything helpful in your journey with that? Yeah. Well, first, kind of like, what's your intention for reading the Bible? Are mm-hmm. you trying to read it just to be able to check that box or say that you've read it or say that you've read it from front to back? And I think for me, being a faith-based life coach, I remember even going 
in person to the sales and marketing meeting. We're all sitting around. We're all faith-based coaches, all believers. And me saying like, I think God wants me to help people with their relationship with him. Mm. And I feel guilty that I haven't read the Bible from front to back yet. And people looking at me like, wait, why do you think that that's going to be what qualifies you? Like mm -hmm. God's after our heart, not yeah. how much we know. You could have people who have memorized the Bible, but if their heart's not in it, it's not going to reap the same fruit. Absolutely. So just getting clear on my intention of what is it that I want to achieve from reading the Bible and realizing it's about intimacy. It's about growing that relationship with God. It's about asking him to reveal himself to me personally, the way he wants me to see him mm -hmm. and realizing reading the Bible isn't about me getting something. It's about me looking for Jesus. And, and that really helped me to slow down, to read. Maybe sometimes it was just one chapter, or maybe sometimes I would stop on a verse and just have to reread it and meditate on it because it was really speaking to me and knowing like, this is how I'm getting to know God. And like, yeah for him in the story versus what am I going to get out of this? Love that. How has your approach to the word changed or matured over time? I know you said it's been not that long, but you speak so convicted and passionate about this. And I, I love that even new in your journey, God called you to help other people with cultivating a relationship with him. That's fascinating to me that he would do that, obviously called you for a purpose, you know, and I think has gifted you uniquely with gifts for sharing that message. So even in a short amount of time, how do you feel like your approach has changed? Well, kind of like what I was saying with looking for him. Mm -hmm. and this, I would say that that was probably the biggest thing that changed from just trying to read it to consume it. And then looking for him in it, like, I think it just really helped me to slow the process down and to really realize what I'm desiring is love. And mm -hmm. like, relationship with him. And I remember feeling like, okay, my plan to become a faith-based life coach, because I started seeking like, you know, kind of that seeking him led from the mom challenge to my master university. And then within a very short time, it was the coaching program that was mm -hmm. faith. -based. And I remember thinking like, oh no, I want to do that five years from now. I want to yeah. be, I want my life together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Like I was only off of, you know, Zoloft for a few months from postpartum depression and anxiety and still like working through stuff and feeling like, okay, no, I need five years. And then I'll pursue something like that. When my kids yeah. are older, like all the things. Right. And then, like, no, your time's now. Like this is your opportunity. I like, just felt so strongly. It was like the first time I felt so strongly about something. And it was a big investment. It was something that made me feel kind of nauseous, like doing mm -hmm. a big leap of faith. Yeah. But then realizing it's our openness to have God work through us. It's mm -hmm. not ever about how good we get. It's letting God work through us and letting Holy Spirit speak through us. And that's what I love about coaching is believing that like everybody is meant to be whole and healed and have life to the fullest and have God in their lives. You are believing for your client who's showing up feeling broken mm -hmm. and you're believing like, Every time I have a session, I pray to Holy Spirit before speak through me, use me. You know their needs better than I ever will. I have the skill set to ask the powerful questions, but I still know that if you lead this, we can't go wrong. Yeah. And so just knowing it's not even about my ability. <laughs> because if it was up to me, I would have waited until I was comfortable. And maybe yeah. that would have never come. 
because Mm -hmm. we look at ourselves and realize, oh, we feel like we have so far to go. When you're just open to God's plan, God's will, and who he wants to use you for, like it's so much more than just us. Mm -hmm. He's hungry for souls. He wants everyone. And if I get to participate in that by just being open and showing up, then I've seen it happen where people come to me, they feel comfortable telling me that I'm afraid of God, or I believe in God and I do all these things, the works righteousness, I do all these things every single day to please him, but I don't even feel like I know him. And my heart's like, oh my gosh, I know where you've been. And there's so much available for you. So much available. And we're missing the point of life if we don't get to have that. Mm -hmm. Man, what a gift you get to use where you've been to, you know, because that's a pretty hard thing to admit to somebody else who like says, actually, I'm afraid of him and not in the way that scripture tells us to have reverence. I think that's an important distinction. You know, we're talking about being afraid of him and there's lots of of scripture verses that talk about the fear of the Lord. But when you look into what that word actually means, it's like a deep reverence of how holy he is. And that is necessary, right? We need to have a right view of him. And it also puts our view of ourselves in the right place too, when we have the proper fear of the Lord. But you're talking about being scared of him, right? Like scared of a father, scared of a relationship with him because you feel like nothing I ever do is good enough. And he's always going to approach me with wrath and everything that I try is going to be met with anger, right? And there's a lot of pain there. Yes. Yeah. I are closeness to God, but they know that that comes at the price of like pain. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the more I draw closer to God, the more I'm going to suffer. He's going to send me like really like scary or hard things to deal with. Mm. And I'm not, I'm scared of that. Like it's, it's a, honestly a toxic thing yeah. if you think about like, like a partner or a teacher or whoever, like if you're so deathly afraid of them, how are you ever supposed to draw closer to them or, yeah, love or them? want to, right? Yeah. If you, if you're only made to feel like they don't care for you and they are angry with you all the time and Jesus took all of the wrath of God on himself for us is such an important message because so many people walk through the world not wanting to admit that they're scared of a God that they feel like is always angry. And yes, all of us deserve wrath because we're sinners, but Jesus took the wrath for us. Like he stood in the place so that we don't ever receive that. And so feeling like I can't ever approach him, I can't ever come and receive grace because he hates me. And this love that they claim he has, I don't want it because it seems so mean. That's where we're not viewing him according to how scripture presents him, right? Because if we have a right view of him, scripture shows us that he is a kind and loving father and he wants a family and he wants you to be part of it and he wants to restore you to it. And that's why he gave Jesus for you, right? Like for you specifically, it's not just for everybody else. That's something that has been important for me to understand is because I've grown up in faith. So it was was a collective, like (laughs) it's for everybody, but understanding that it's for me specifically that Jesus died. Yes, it is for anybody and he wants everyone to come to salvation, but personalizing that to know that he would have done it just for you. And that display of love is not a God who hates you and is angry all the time, right? He did something so that you didn't receive the wrath that you deserve from your sin. That's a cool redemption of how God has used something that is painful from your past and how you were raised and and how he's corrected you're thinking of him, you know, and and taking you on a journey that you didn't necessarily ask to go on, where, oh, you know, you wouldn't like have wanting to get that my out. Thing. Yeah. yeah, well, especially people who grow up in faith, 
they're not necessarily going to start seeking like, why am I wrong about this? When you've grown up that way, you just have a worldview. You're taught. You just grow up thinking the way that you're thinking and the way that you're raised. And I think he does bring about opportunities if we are if we're not thinking correctly about him, I think he's faithful to bring things up in our lives so that we do have to confront that and that we are given the opportunity to say, okay, maybe I'm not thinking about God correctly. I think that's how he pursues people. But man, it's just such a gift for someone who was raised in faith to, to know that even if you were raised in a really painful situation and you don't want anything to do with it right now, because I feel like there's a lot of people in that position right now too, who are, who are, tempted to say like, I don't want to have anything to do with that because it was so painful for me growing up and to understand that other people may have taught you incorrectly and other people might have inflicted pain and a lot of, you know, trauma on you, honestly, but that the God of the Bible can be trusted and his character is what's important. And, and we only know him correctly if we seek him through the word he gave us. Right. And so sometimes when we were subjected to poor teaching and poor doctrine and poor theology. I I love one of my favorite podcasts is called cultish. And one of their catchphrases is that bad theology hurts people. And it's so true because people, there's so many people who are hurt from really poor thinking about who God actually is according to scripture. And we think that that doesn't matter, but it actually does because it impacts the way that you treat people. Right. And it impacts the way that you teach people who God is. And, and because of that, then there's people who think that he hates them, thinks that he's angry all the time, you know, and don't ever want to approach him because of that. So and your deep rooted subconscious beliefs, like it is hard to change those. So if from a very young age, you were taught something, it is so hard to rewire your brain. It is totally mm-hmm. possible, but you have to be open that it could have been wrong. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that whole foundation being like, oh, it wasn't true. is a very vulnerable and scary place to be. And sometimes it's harder for people who come from a faith background to view God differently than someone who God wasn't on their radar for a while. But then when they find him, they're just all in because they have nothing to unlearn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But like those deep rooted subconscious beliefs of who God is, if you grew up in a place where it was like very fear-based or limited or, you know, fire and damnation or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. it can be really, really challenging to let go of that. It doesn't feel safe to let go of that. But that's where you get to really ask yourself, like, who are you putting your trust in? Yeah. Are you putting your trust in man who was doing the best that they knew how with the information they had? Yeah. And that's where the freedom comes from studying the word and knowing God uses that to speak to you. And Mm -hmm. it's not something that you just take to interpret to get answers that make you feel better. Yeah. Or that you use to justify how somebody else is teaching you how to think, right? My generation of believers kind of grew up with people who didn't necessarily teach you correctly, but they used the Bible to always justify what they were saying. And so now there's this whole movement of people who are deconstructing, for lack of a better word, not all of them say that they are, but just really struggling and grappling with what do I believe? Because really it comes down to, I don't want my life to look like that person that hurt me, right? I don't want to turn out like them. I don't want anything to do with them. I was hurt by that community. I was hurt by that person. I was hurt by that teaching, whatever, however you were involved. And 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 then understanding like, okay, but God's word never fails and God's word never returns void. And God's word is the lamp to my feet and the light for my path. And so all the promises about God's own word in his word are true. <laughs> and yeah. whether somebody misinterpreted them to me when I was five or not, 
yeah. I can still take God's word to the bank. I don't have to believe everything that anybody teaches me. And and I'm super thankful for my upbringing because I've grown up in a really strong Christian household, but I was always taught to not take anybody's word for gospel truth, right? And that was equipping me so well for life where you take everything with a grain of salt and somebody might be right on until they're not, right? And you need to be able to discern according to God's word when they might veer off course, you know, and never worshiping or idolizing a particular teacher. And I'm very thankful for God's preservation in that because I've seen so much of the of the opposite effect of idolizing teachers, idolizing certain teachings, certain denominations, just you know, we're very tribal in nature. And so when we find something that makes sense on the forefront, we're very quick to like latch onto it. And like you said, those subconscious thoughts that we just get internalized and they become part of us. And that's really hard to retrain when something gets exposed where it's like, oh no, that's not what I thought it was. You know, and that you're right. That is very scary. And it does not feel safe to. And your brain's whole like purpose is to keep you safe. Yes, exactly. You're going to like, when you don't feel safe, you're going to feel like you want to reject anything new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where just seeking him, like truly seeking him, ask him to show you who he is mm-hmm. and really just stay consistent with that, getting to know him, studying his word, and he will not fail you. He's yeah. not here to trick you, to trap you, to be like, oh, look at you, he fell off the wagon again. Like, yes, not at all. Like, that's not how he leads us. Yeah. Do you have any specific advice for maybe the person who was where you were a few years ago who feels like God is scary? And if I'm gut level honest, I don't know that I want him. The person who finds themselves there, they want to hold on to faith, but they are just at that point where it just feels like I could let it go. And maybe that would be easier. Yeah. What would you say to that person? Honestly, I think it's just really simple. There's more out there and God desires a relationship with you as well. And I think that for me was like, okay, if he wants me more than I ever could want him, then it's available. He's already there. Like he's met all my needs. I just need to be open to that. And I would say like, don't hesitate to start reading, like Mm -hmm. getting the word and do it how you feel led. Like God will lead you. You just have to believe that he wants you and that he desires that for you. Because I think it starts with our belief. A lot of times we don't feel worthy. We don't feel like we're enough. And we have a lot of beliefs around what that could look like. And if you just go into it with an openness of, okay, if God created me for this and I'm designed to be connected to him and this life is so temporary, Mm -hmm. like in the word and like read it however you feel led to. Like I started with the New Testament. And I read the New Testament over and over again. And I haven't even completely read the whole Bible front to back, but I know it's the journey. Like I'm not going to not read it, but I'm just like really focused on ingraining those beliefs of who God is and getting to know him. And then there's such a peace that comes with knowing that he's got you. He will never leave you. He'll never abandon you. He goes before you and makes a way. And like one of my favorite Bible verses is my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Like it's meant to be easy. It's meant to be light. And when we're not operating in that, when it feels hard and it feels like a struggle and it feels like there's a barrier between him and us, there's something just in the natural mind or the natural world that we're believing, Mm. but you don't have to like Mm -hmm. so much of 
our experience and how we view the world or how we view God just comes from our experience or what we were exposed to. Mm-hmm. And being open that there's something else available, I think just like creates that openness for God to work in you. Mm-hmm. To like show you. I love that. It reminds me of I'm I've had very limited exposure to coaching and business coaching, but it's similar um training as what you've had. Yours is faith-based. This was not necessarily faith-based, but I was so struck by how cognitive behavioral therapy works. And when I, when I was first introduced to it, I remember texting a friend and being like, this is ABC steps of how to renew your mind and put on the mind of Christ. It was just a collision of scripture verses that I had never understood. How am I actually supposed to do that? Like, okay, God, help me renew my mind and put on the mind of Christ, you know? And then you're like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know. That sounds great. I definitely want it. Yes, please. But not having any practical tools of how could I actually do that? And then being introduced to that, you actually choose your thoughts and your thoughts create your feelings and your feelings create your behaviors and results. And it was just like scales fell off my eyes when I realized that you can choose your thoughts. I don't know why that was completely revolutionary to me, but it was probably one of the biggest revelations I've had in the last several years. So life-changing because I always felt victim to my feelings and I didn't know why. And it was not until I realized that thoughts interrupt that, like your thoughts are actually what you can choose and they can change how you feel. And your thoughts are a reflection of your beliefs. And it just been so helpful to me to see that I can choose to obey by taking every thought captive And that God actually created my brain to be able to do that. You know, like he gave us a command, take every thought captive to Christ and cast your anxiety upon me. I've seen so many scripture verses ever since having that revealed to me of how he gives us these commands about how we're supposed to guard our minds and control our minds. And I never knew the tools. And then when I had the tools, it's like, I saw it everywhere in scripture, right? Where it's like, oh, he didn't give us commands that he didn't equip our brains to be able to do like he gave us the way to obey. And I'm so thankful for people like you and other coaches who like teach people how to do that. And especially in the faith space, because it's just so important for Christians to know how to do this, right? Like the world knows how to do cognitive behavioral therapy so that they can choose their thoughts. And then I feel like, oh, this is a tool that God commands us to do because he knows that it's a way for us to live in victory. And This is the actual like practical path to do that. I'm sure other people have figured out other ways that are, you know, similar, just not called the specific things. But for me, it was such a gift to know God has given me the grace to choose my thoughts and that I can choose to be obedient. And sometimes I can make the choice to be disobedient if I stay in thoughts that I know are not thinking correctly of him and the situation. And so I just like manifest that and then you can be okay, like, that's not great. I don't love how that turned out. Like, okay, you have the promises, you have the truth. God is not a liar. So if you're struggling with something, if your circumstances, you're not loving them, like take that formula and go backwards. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what are the actions that are creating that circumstance? Okay. How was I feeling when I those actions and then get it back to the thoughts? Yeah. And then when you figure out what the thought is, that's making you feel that way and act that way then you can literally anchor your new belief or your new thought in God's word. Absolutely. So if you're struggling with anxiety or you're struggling with, you know, fear of God or whatever it is that's been creating this like life where you feel dissipated and disconnected or whatever, like go back Mm -hmm. and look at what God tells us. And when you feel weak, you can like go back to your anchor statement. Yeah. Like my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. What am I trying to control when God's in control? Mm-hmm. And just the peace that comes from that, like it's true freedom. It Absolutely. doesn't mean circumstances go away or that you never have to deal with something, but like, look, we have the minds of Christ. Like he gives us that, that is a gift to us. Yeah. And Holy spirit working through us, patience, love, kindness, all of that is always available to us. Mm-hmm. And so we get to use our brains to tap into everything that he yeah. us daily. Yeah. I love that. I, I always point out to, you know, my friends and my husband and things like that, that like science is always catching up to the Bible and that, you know, God, I just believe he created everything we need for life and godliness. And the scripture says that. And I feel like we often use that verse to talk about how he provides everything we need for godliness, which is true, but he also provides everything we need for life and living day to day. So he's obviously Lord over science and our bodies and how the world works because he made it. And so he's supreme over that. And science just keeps making discoveries like cognitive behavioral therapy is all the rage right now. And it's excellent because we figured out how our minds work so that we can have better mental health and that we can live with more freedom. But then knowing that as a Christian who believes that the Bible is God's inerrant word and it's his actual living and active word to us, like it says, and that every promise is true and it never returns void, then instead of choosing a a fleshly thought when we need to have better results or better outcomes, right? Instead of choosing a fleshly thought, we can choose a thought that comes directly from God's mouth. And that is so cool. And that is such a gift that God gave us an entire book of his words that came straight from his mouth, straight from his mind. And at first that might feel hard because we don't know that we have access to choose our thoughts, but he wouldn't have commanded us that unless we, he had given us the ability. And so we can take his thoughts, his words, and when we're struggling with what to think, how to think properly, we can simply take his words and use those thoughts. It's just a beautiful way of exercising faith in his word that has been really instrumental for me in the last few years. So that's one of the reasons I have loved your content because I just feel like it's such an important message and it's it's just so necessary for moms and for all believers to know how to have victory in their mental health and just in their day-to-day life. You know, it just affects every area don't have to live in this victim space. And I would just yeah. say like, to anybody who feels like that's, it's too far out there to get there. Like mm-hmm. it's not like if I can get there and see how God's used me in such a short period of time, a year and a half to go from, I don't even know if I believe in God, like I want to, yeah. and I desire to, to now it's one of my favorite things to help people with mm-hmm. and to, you know, develop that relationship with God then it's totally possible. And it's just that open openness. Yeah. To being willing to be Because yeah. he, I promise you, he will. Yeah. I love you spoke about earlier about how you nearly held yourself back from pursuing kind of what you felt like God was calling you to because you felt like you weren't ready. And so many of us do that, right? Where we think, oh, well, maybe someday. And we say no to opportunities that come our way. And we feel like I have to do this first, or I have to learn this first, or I have to get this training or skill or whatever first. And just being willing to say yes and see what he does with honoring the yes that he's asking you to provide, right? Like if he's asking you to do something, he will equip you to do it. And that's clear from your story. And I can see how he's been honestly pursuing you for years, right? Like before you made any kind of decision about like, okay, I'm going to change the way that I think about God and my beliefs about him to align with what his word says so that the God I've always believed in and have been raised to have faith in is no longer something that I'm just afraid to ever approach um, because I think he 
is angry with me all the time to I'm going to believe what scripture says about who he is and how he thinks about me and how I can approach him and what he's done for me. And he was working in your heart in so many different ways, right? Before he led you to that pivotal moment, you know, God's outside of our timeline. He has his own timeline. And I just think it's really cool to see how he works even before we come to a saving faith in him where we believe what the Bible says about him and then he the Lord of our life. And he's working on us before that happens, right? I have a question because your account is love and mom life now. So you obviously talk a lot about motherhood and how to approach motherhood. And you mentioned earlier about how one of your catalysts was, I don't really want to raise my kids having this negative view of who God is. And so how has that changed the way that you parent and approach teaching your kids about faith and how to approach God since you've had this transformation? You know, that's a good question because I find myself, if I'm ever in a situation where I'm like, oh, I don't know what the answer is, or I'm not sure how to approach this topic, I always just ask the Holy Spirit speak through me. And the common denominator in every one of those conversations is love. There's an openness there. And there's not this motivation from me of fear of like, oh, well, if you don't believe this, or if you don't make this decision, then bad things are going to happen. Like there's so much freedom and love that comes with Holy Spirit speaking through you. You know, parenting, I started receiving faith-based coaching for parenting and for myself and my whole definition of love has changed. And I think that that too is an important message. Like if you're struggling to follow God, or if you feel like you're just angry or impatient, or maybe you struggle with a certain vice, like love is so much more effective and motivating to follow someone without it being all this trying. Yes, you can still make intentional choices, but if you're just fearful, it's almost like what you resist will persist. And Mm -hmm. so- when you love someone, you want to show up and be your best and you want to give. And I feel like with God, he's shown me that and that's transformed my parenting. I don't need my kids to be like perfect human beings in order to feel like I'm a good enough mom. This is about like raising them right, providing safety and love. And it just always blows my mind that when I ask the Holy Spirit speak through me, how loving he is, even on topics that you would think, oh my gosh, like what if my kid doesn't believe in God? Like that could feel like a really fear provoking thought, right? Yeah. Like as moms, more is caught than taught. We get to model and we get to show them. And no matter how much we tell them, we get to model what it is to have God in our lives, to be led by God, to have a relationship with him. And we get to affect the next generation. And that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. We have that gift to influence them. Mm -hmm. And so I think just knowing like, okay, it's not about doing everything perfectly. It's not about being a perfect mom every moment of every day, but being able to show up and with a lovingness and an openness and, you know, a desire, like God made them unique. And God made them, he's going to work through them in different ways than maybe we expect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And being able to cultivate that, you know, love and the identity of how God sees you. Yeah. That's so powerful. I was never taught like you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're the daughter of the most high king. Like those are thoughts I like never read until I'm that girl. And I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like God views me this way. So as a mom, if we get to show up and empower our children and model what it looks like to have faith and have God lead every area of our life. Mm -hmm. It's just so powerful. 
And it's yeah. really taken so much of, they say the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So if you leave a really fear-based life or a really anxious life, like you have that filter of everything that happens mm-hmm. kind of feeds into that fear that feeds into that anxiety. And so when you're living aligned with God, knowing that he works all things for God, and that includes our mistakes, and he goes before us and he wants to have us cast all our anxieties on him, we get to show them what that looks like. Yeah. And it's not about us being perfect. It's about what we have available to us and how God works through us. And, you know, it comes from who we are in Christ and I agree with that so much. And, you know, we can try so hard to be perfect and we're still going to be responsible for their trauma, you know, at some point, <laughs> you know, like we're still, there's going to be something that we screw up for them. But I always have taken comfort in, it's better for my kids to have a mom who loves the word than it does to have a mom who does everything Pinterest perfect and like never made any mistakes, right? Because I'm human and I'm a hot mess. And so I'm going to be a hot mess sometimes for them and not show up in the way that I want to and make mistakes. And they're going to see that, but they're also hopefully going to see a mom who really loves the Lord and really loves his word. And like you said, more is caught than taught. And so sometimes the most important thing that they'll see me do in a day is see God in his word. And if and, and if that's what they catch, I feel like I'm doing pretty good. You know, you just have to think about like, what is the most important thing that I want to instill in them? Because like what they see me doing most often is what they're going to remember. And so I want them to grow up and remember that their parents sought God's word and that was highly prized in their house, you know, and instead of running to all of the activities, providing the perfect childhood scenario, enrolling them in all of the things, sometimes our life seems slow and we don't pursue all of the everything. We don't fill it with busyness and we don't do all of the programs and all of the things, but what's most important, right? They're going to remember the day-to-day stuff that was more of the substance of who you actually are as a person and how that looked like as you, as a mom walking out her faith every day, then they are going to remember whether or not every day was magical. We can just heap so much guilt on ourselves as moms of I'm not doing a good enough job to the point where it's at the expense of ourselves and everyone else, you know, because if we're not healthy and we're not even doing the things that are our bare minimum needs, you know, that we can often put that on the back burner to where that's, that's not helping anyone. And for me, the the things that are the most important for me to be healthy is to seek the Lord, right. And to have time carved out for me where this is non-negotiable and it doesn't always happen perfectly, but to know that that's a priority and that my kids expect that, like they know mommy reads her Bible and spends that time in the morning. And, you know, it doesn't always look perfect, but it is a priority that I hope and I pray that it will be caught. And my prayer is that it becomes a value to them too, because they saw it as a value in their home growing up. So. Well, and I think also too, we're not their source as much as it feels like we're their source, because especially from the time that they're a baby, like we're feeding them, (laughs) we're doing everything for them, but ultimately God is their source. We don't want them dependent on us. We want to be able to cultivate that God is their source and that when we're modeling, like even confidence in praying, when Mm -hmm. we go to the word and God shows us, you know, be bold before the throne and ask in Thanksgiving as if you've already received it. And then when you see your child pray that way and you see evidence of, okay, these are the things that are going to truly equip them when they go through life. Mm -hmm. That's what shapes us and grows us. 
And we're not meant to be perfect. So if we can leave that idea, we need to be perfect parents or we're messing our children up. Mm-hmm. I think that there's space for children to not have things perfect because then that's their opportunity to grow. Absolutely. But if we're showing them that we are doing the best we know how, and even on our worst days, if we model what it is to ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. and to show up and with humility and just say, hey, I'm sorry that I treated you that way and I'm going to do better. Like that's showing them real life skills mm-hmm. of how they can model when they have a rough day. Yeah. And yeah. so I just think that there's so much to motherhood that can feel like so much responsibility that can feel really heavy. And yeah. it is a big responsibility, but when we're walking that with God, we are not alone. He will not forsake us. Mm-hmm. Even on our days where we aren't enough, where we feel totally weak. He is always there for us. And like you mentioned earlier about how his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Then if something's feeling heavy, then we know that it's something we're believing, right? It's something that it's a thought that we're living by that's creating that heaviness feeling and our behavior is, oh, this is so hard. And you know that that's not how he wants it to be because scripture says that. And so when our hearts are in the right place, right? When we know that our heart belongs to him, we want to believe rightly about him we want to do a good job, but we need his help with that, then we can unload that burden, right? And say, this is feeling heavy and I don't think it's supposed to. And I think I'm believing something wrongly about what's required here. And that's what's causing me to feel like this is so hard. And so Holy Spirit, illuminate to me through your word, what it is that I'm believing that's making this feel impossibly hard because I don't believe that it's supposed to be that way. Honestly, it starts with believing that it's not supposed to be that way, right? That belief in God's word is true. He says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so if I am carrying immense heaviness in something that I'm trying to do for his glory, then something's going awry in my- Something's not aligning. And (laughs) instead of failure, I look at that as an opportunity. Finding a light on something that's not working the way he designed us to work. Yeah. So that too can feel really empowering instead of looking at everything as, oh, I'm failing. No, he's just shining a light on something that's not aligning with what he promises us. And there might be a subconscious belief there that it's all on you or Mm -hmm. that you're not worthy of love. Or there's so many things that can come to light in those moments that we can trace back to like being a child or Mm -hmm. a toxic relationship or whatever, but we're meant to heal from that so we can move forward and not pass that on to our kids. Mm-hmm. So I think too, just giving yourself grace that when you're having a really rough day, knowing this is an opportunity for something to just come to light and honor that time and ask yeah. God, show me, show me what I'm holding on to here. That's creating the struggle. Cause I know that's not from you, mm-hmm. but yeah, he works for our good. So no matter what it is, he will still bring the good from it. Yeah. He can redeem everything. I think it's such a good word to think of it as grace instead of think of it as condemnation. When we realize something has gone awry, you know, and and how we're thinking and believing and behaving about something, it kind of goes back to what you were saying about feeling like I'm behind or I'm not doing this right. And it's that anxiety we carry about I'm running out of time or I'm falling behind. I'm not doing this well. And we just feel like we're losing to know that it's actually grace for him to show you and to realign, right? God is not anxious about our time frame. <laughs> you know, he's not sitting up there being like, you're so far behind. Why can't you get it together? You know, yes. like you're just wasting your life. No, he has grace to show us. And honestly, if he showed us everything that we needed to change about our thinking and beliefs and behavior and everything all at once, it would be so crushing that we could never do it. Right. 
And so as a gentle father, he walks us one little thing at a time, you know, where it's okay. and then in grace, I reveal that this is something that you need to come in alignment with my word and my character and who I am and who you are. And then, you know, we work on that and work it out, work out our salvation, you know, and, and take every thought captive and all those things. And then, you know, a little bit later, something else comes, comes up and we're like, oh no, that's, you know, awry also. And, you know, then we work it out with God's word. And and so it's merciful for him to allow us to work it out like that. And so we feel like it's all on us and like the world's on our shoulders and we have to figure this out perfectly. And so he's gracious to, to us and his way of working is totally different than how we would approach it in the natural, but it's merciful to us for him to do that. So, oh, this is so good. As we wrap up, what's your favorite tools or resources that you would point moms too, who are in maybe the place that you were a couple of years ago, or have just identified with parts of your story feeling like, I want to start studying the Bible. I don't know where to start. Any of your favorite tools or resources that you found in the last couple of years that you feel like would be helpful for listeners? Well, just speaking from my personal experience, what really helped me like open my mind to just a different way of living my life and getting aligned with God's word would have to be Mom Master University. And so I'm just going based off of my experience because it's all faith-based and she covers every pillar, like fitness, finances, faith with God, like your personal mental freedom, family life, like all of it. And so that's Hannah Keeley's mom master university. And she actually has a free podcast that she just launched, which oh, I yeah. love. I saw you post about that. So people can see if, if they feel led to okay. it. And then inside her membership, they have like coaches who are faith-based coaches, but it's all anchored in God's word. So that was the resource that I feel like really opened my mind and my heart to, like you said earlier, that led me to the Bible, led me to God. Mm-hmm. And so that's just a really valuable resource. But if they mention my name, if they feel led to sign up, then they get listed under me as I will be their mentor. Okay. So that they check in, I support and I could lead them to resources too. So that's just on my heart to share that because yeah. it's so valuable to me. Yeah. So. so instrumental to your story too. Okay. How can, how can our friends find you and connect with you? Where do you hang out on social media and create content and things like that? Yeah. So Instagram is kind of like my go-to place at love and mom life now. And so you'll see me pop in mostly in my stories. I try to create like posts and stuff like that. So I really want to show up in that space and serve moms. And if you come to my page, like, I hope you find something of value. If you ever feel like you want to work with me one-on-one, I would be happy to, my messages are always open. However, I just hope that when you come to my page that you just feel encouragement, like Mm transformation is possible for everybody. Yeah. I love that. I always feel encouraged and love seeing your little face pop up on Instagram because I just think you're just like a happy place, you know, and I know that it's going to be positive and it's going to be biblical and you know, yeah. the internet is a crazy place. And so finding good, solid friends yeah. online who you, you know, are going to be positive and encouraging and not doing crazy stuff is important. Yeah. And so <laughs> felt like God really wants moms to be happy, like joy, not like yeah, happy, joy. like joy. And so my target audience is like really helping moms get to that place where they find joy. And it always starts with God and his promise for you and everything that is available in that intimacy and that relationship. And if you can get anchored in that area, then you'll see it affect all the other areas of your life. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lucy, for coming to share your story and just the the way that God's word has transformed you is so encouraging and so many good things, reminders and encouragements from 
from how he has worked in you. I appreciate you sharing so much. I know that there's going to be lots of people encouraged by listening to you and relate to a lot of the things that you shared. So everybody go follow Lucy at love and mom life now on Instagram. And we will talk to you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for having me. Friends, I know that you are as encouraged as I was hearing Lucy's story and hearing her share how the Lord had taken her from approaching him and being afraid of him and and believing all kinds of things that were not the truth, that were not what scripture teaches about him, and how he corrected her view of himself by leading her through various things in her life, leading her to specific people, and impressing upon her the need to get a Bible and to start seeking who he really was through the pages of scripture. I hope that you are so encouraged to go pick up your own Bible and seek the same God in the same way that Lucy did. I hope that her story encouraged you and inspired you that you're never too far away. It's never too late to start again. It's never too late to start seeking God in a different way than maybe you have been taught or have been raised to think about him. And that seeking him through scripture will never steer you wrong. It's his words to you about what he wants to reveal about himself, how you can know him, the real him, and the way that he wants you to seek him are all found in the pages of scripture. And so I hope that you shut off this episode today and go read your Bible. That is our hope and our prayer for you. In the show notes, you can find links to how to follow along with Lucy, how to follow along with me and everything that's happening with the podcast, including whenever new episodes are coming. And I will also include a link to my Unpack the Word daily Bible study journal. I talked about this on last week's episode. But this study journal is an open-ended journal that helps you dig deeper into any biblical text that you are studying to ask serious questions about the context, about the culture, about what was going on surrounding the events in that passage so that you can dig deeper and really unpack more meaning and more insight from your daily Bible reading plan. I'd love for you to grab a copy on Amazon and as always leave a review and let me know how you love it. Friends, if this episode encouraged you today, I would love for you to share it with a friend who you think would be blessed by it. We would also love for you to leave a review on Spotify or on Apple so that more and more people can hear about our podcast and find it. Those reviews are so important. They help us um, get into more people's eyeballs and ears and help us to, to show up on searches more frequently. All right, you guys, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much for listening.